0: Welcome to Data Beats. Today Luke Ambrosetti, the head of solutions engineering at Message Gears, is here to answer some questions about warehouse native apps. So, here we go. Hey Luke, thanks for joining.
1: Hey Arpit, great to see you again.
0: Yeah, you too. Well, let's jump right in, Luke. First question for you. Please tell sure. us what is a warehouse native app.
1: Yeah, so a warehouse native app is effectively a SaaS, you know, application. That is going through and doing a, a data intensive process uh, for you and connects directly to the data warehouse.
0: All right. So, are connected apps or data apps the same as warehouse native apps?
1: That's a good question. Um, kind of it depends on who you ask, right? Uh, <laughs> the the definition of a connected app or a data app could be very different, you know, to people. And in my view, you know, I'm seeing connected app as kind of a a good definition of a warehouse native, you know, SaaS app, whereas data app could be, a, you know, it could be a, it could be that that thing, but maybe data app is actually a larger term that incorporates, you know, maybe an internal app that you create your, own at, you know, at the company you work for. You know, it could be a data app, right? Uh, it doesn't have to be some sort of external tool that you you buy and and or use. Cool,
0: yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, please tell us what is leading to such a paradigm shift in the way B two B SaaS tools are being built.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 very exciting, right? Lots of new companies are taking this this new approach, right? This you know it's called warehouse native, warehouse centric, warehouse first, right? Approach. Lots of terms for it, um, but it's, honestly, it comes from this idea of the separation of compute and storage, right? And then specifically, kind of in, in the industry that I work in, which is more marketing, is this idea of that I've seen it explained very well. Is this idea of the you know the separation of the system of engagement. Right of how you're reaching out to, in this case, the marketing's case, your customers, right, and the system of record of uh, in where you know what is the state of that customer, uh, you know what they're doing, you know what where they where they are, um, you know the customer 360 as as it's as it's called. So with those two things separated, um, or you know traditionally I should say, you know, you've had to get your your data to your system, whatever your system of engagement is, right, and sometimes you know. Companies like Salesforce have traditionally tried to be both the system of record and the system of engagement. So you know now it's you know, with the with a separate a separation of compute and storage, right? You know you, you can now have those two things. You know the the system of engagement, and the system of record, separated as well.
0: Cool. Um, okay. So uh, besides cost savings, um, what are some key benefits of uh, using? A warehouse native engagement tool
1: over a traditional one yeah so yeah and again the cost savings aspect right here is the idea that you don't have to sync that data right to whatever you know your other platform is of, of where you want to you know uh do either that that in whether it's if it's marketing it's engagement or maybe it's analytics you, you don't have to sync that data there either whatever it might be right so that's where the cost savings comes from but there's so many other you know benefits as well right so it's you know you have fewer data silos you do it this way right you know you instead of shipping your your data out to 10 different sas companies if all 10 could connect to your data warehouse and use that system of record you know there's there's so less you know there's you don't have to duplicate data i guess is you know, what, what i'm trying to say right so it's a uh, single source of truth of course as well and that's that's gonna be better especially for like things like data observability or analytics right being able to uh, attribute um you know different events that happen um, you know, back to, again, where you have all of your data setting instead of it, again, being in a silo, you have to then extract within it with an ETL tool, you get to bring a lot, you know, many of these um, warehouse native cases, you get to bring your own data model. So instead of having to force your data model into kind of how they view the world or, or how they think your data should be modeled, um, it's, you get to bring your own, which is, which is great. Also, it's onboarding time, right? Instead of having, again, t- same thing with the, the bring your own data model. You know, you don't have to spend days or no, days, months, honestly, sometimes a year wrapping out, um, you know, how the data should be modeled in that destination system. Um, you know, Again, the, on the time savings, you have, you know, speed of change, right? You wanted to add a specific field, right? To, to you know, whatever you're trying to do, it's easy. You know, it shows up in the, in the data warehouse or the database. It's right there for you to use. And then lastly, is from a security and compliance point of view, um, you know your data is safe in the data warehouse, right? You're not having to rely on these these SaaS providers to keep your data safe. Um, so if you have, you know, you, you know, uh, PII data, especially on on customers, you know, come come from a marketing, you know, um, space. Um, that data is much more safe at home.
0: Right. Um, cool. Yeah. Cool. That made sense. So, um, are are warehouse native apps making reverse ETL workflows redundant?
1: <laughs> yes. Um, Kind of, yeah. I mean, so it's, the answer, of course, is yes and no, right? Um, I'd say it breaks reverse ETL redundant and ETL because again, you're not having to kind of sync data in between the, the the you know the source system and the destination system, right? Your your source system is your system of record, and that's what you get to use. So both the reverse ETL and the the EL or ETL tools can be you know you'll get replaced. That said, I think it's you know bef- you know does it, you know, is that going to replace them forever? No, I don't think so. I think that, you know, this, this approach is really cool and, and great, but there are, you know, some companies, like when I think again, in marketing, you think about like, like Facebook conversions API or Google ads, right. I don't think they have any reason to, to take this approach, right. They're, you're going to, you're still going to have to use their APIs because that's what they need, right. To, to do their business. So I don't think, um, you know, those, you know RoCTL and el tools are going to be completely gone
0: cool yeah um, that made a lot of sense I'm, I'm totally with you on that uh, so can mm-hmm. you can you tell us um, about the the segmentation capabilities of a warehouse native engagement tool uh, and are there any limitations
1: here yeah yeah and so again I work at message gears and message gears is you know traditionally an email service provider and that's kind of been our, our core you know feature is connecting directly to the data warehouse right so you know with this type of you know architecture or, or design the, the the limitation is that you do have to have a data model, right And marketing, you know many companies rely on their ESPs or sometimes you know their traditional CDPs to do that for them, right? so you need you need to have a data model um, because you know and you can't just take you know these tools like data ingestion tools like like a snowplow or rudder stack and you know and uh, just throw data into a data warehouse, right? You, you you need those resources, you need those people, right, uh, to go through and intelligently design models for your end, you know, customers or marketing in this case, maybe sales to use, right? Um, so, you know, when the data team does that, right, um, for the, for their end customers, again, the marketing team, it gives those data adjacent teams the ability um, to use that data and, and kind of, you know, do that last mile transformation. That they need to do to, to run you know what they need to run in, in their uh their programs so it's you know for you know low or, or no code tools right it's going to be a, very much a challenge to take this approach right because again you have to basically say okay bring your you know here's your data model bring your data model and now make it work with you know the the, you know, the solution we have you know the big reason some of those you know cloud SaaS are, are so popular is because they make it really easy and uh, they provide that data model for those, you know, those low-code tools, tools to use.
0: Um, cool, yeah. Uh, so, why do not you tell us about the visual segmentation capabilities? Um, can can the can the visual segmentation capability eventually replace the need to uh, build data models in SQL?
1: Um, yeah, that's that's a good question. Maybe, I think you know we'll get there. But right now, you still need you know some base SQL, right? Or some sort of base model to work from, um, you know. Again, those those data adjacent users can go through and, and use those tools to do segmentation, um, and do some really cool segmentation. Honestly, at least in in, in our platform, um, uh, to do some you know very complex segments uh, and, and groups and, and labeling uh, to go through and and um, you know target their their customers or their users, um, you know. At the same time, you know, it's 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 again, it's more of that last mile approach where they're kind of you know adding in the things that they need, but they need right for for now they need to, to start from somewhere, right? They need they need to have a what I would call like a base model to work from, um, and from there they can go through and then um, you know create the kind of you know do some some kind of a, I guess additional modeling on top of that.
0: Yeah, cool. Uh, that makes sense. So. Uh... If warehouse native apps don't store any customer data, won't uh, marketing campaigns sometimes break when uh, there's an issue connecting to the customer's uh, warehouse?
1: Yeah, I guess I've gotten this question a couple times now from some more than you know technical um, you know users or you know prospects, and the answer is yes, but at worst, it's it's the same as or better than your typical SaaS model, right? So with your typical SaaS model, you have to have you know pipelines and again and now you know reverse the deal, making it a lot easier and getting your data synced but you know for example right as a, as a easy example here let's say you're going to send you want you want to send an email campaign to all the users who subscribe who subscribed yesterday if that you know that pipeline breaks then you could if you don't if your SaaS company isn't looking at the freshness of that data every day you could be sending that message to the exact same users again right and the same kind of you know thing works here whereas is you know at least you know in in this method, um, you know if 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 it breaks you know it breaks and nothing's going to be going out right. Whereas if your SaaS company is not looking at data freshness right, something could break, and then you're going to be sending you're giving a bad experience to customers because you're sending them the exact same content twice.
0: Right, right. That's really interesting. Uh, I never thought of that, Luke. So thanks for sharing. Um, so uh, last question for you, Luke. What is, the, what is the one piece of advice you have for companies that are looking to just get started with a data warehouse?
1: Yeah, I, I would say start slow, right? Don't try and just jump in, you know, head first. There's so many tools. So the modern data stack is so cool. Uh, it's, you know, lots of functionality, lots of cool features that people are, are doing today. Um, you know, at the same time, you, you have to start slow. It's a crawl, walk, run approach, right, to this. Um, chatting with one of our enterprise clients who was talking about their move into BigQuery and it took them three years, three years, I think, from from Teradata, uh, kind of, you know, on-prem. And so it's, it, it can take a long time. So you have to have, you know, before you start doing the, the really cool AI ML stuff, you have to have, you know, your your, your ingestion, you know, your, 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 your modeling, your transformations figured out. Um, so, yeah, start slow uh, and, yeah, have fun with it.
0: Cool. Yeah. Uh, like I tell people, you got to build a minimum viable data stack before aiming for a modern data stack. Well, thank you, right. Luke. Thanks for thanks for answering my question and sharing your insights. Uh, have a great day.
1: Thanks, Arpit. You too. Evaluating data solutions? Explore the modern data landscape on asterisk.com.